Hello, this is Calvin, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You've accessed the Do You Know show, and we're bringing you bits of knowledge and information you might not have heard from people you might not know. One thing I must let you know, though, is that the views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this show and others, please log on to KUCI.org. I got a phone call coming in. Let me take this call, y'all, see who this is. KUCI. Okay, hold on just a minute. Okay, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. What about me? Yeah, um, well, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. So, how you doing? I'm doing very well, Kevin. Thank you for asking. Trying to stay dry out here. It's raining pretty hard. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let me, first of all, introduce the audience to who you are, and then you'll get an opportunity to hear what it is that uh, we're, we're going to be discussing, at least a little bit. <laughs> it says, the, to join host Calvin Gann of KUCI 88.9 FM's Do You Know show on Wednesday, December 3rd, 2014, from 4.30 to 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, as he interviews Pepe Jackson, president slash CEO of the Riverside County Black Chamber of Commerce, whose mission is to empower, innovate, and sustain commerce for African Americans and minorities throughout Riverside County and beyond. And I want you all to know that this person that you're hearing is Pepe Jackson. <laughs> Pepe, tell us a little bit about how you got started in, in the position you're in now. Uh, yes, Calvin. First of all, I want to say thank you for having me on your program. I appreciate the opportunity. And um, <clears throat> I tell you, I spent the last 25 years in the finance industry, and as a result of it, um, saw some really, really interesting things that I thought that were peculiar to uh, African Americans. In fact, most of the time that I spent in the finance industry, was in the automobile industry. And as a result of it, my job was to place loans with banks that took particular profiles on clients. And what, what came to be apparent very quickly is that most of our folks, African Americans, when they came in, a, a large majority of them had some dues on their credit. So I spent a lot of time talking to the bank on the quality of the person as opposed to the, the, the credit rating on their credit profile. Okay. So what, what, what happened is that we saw, what I saw was there was a pattern of, uh, of things that we just didn't know about our credit. And that, that started me to thinking about how to empower our people to get a better result. Because when you have a low credit score, you pay invariably more for everything. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah. you, and so you're in the auto industry for, for how long? It was 24 years, almost 25 years. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. So how did you transition into what you're doing now? Okay, so it was uh, easy. Uh, once dealing with bankers for so long, I saw that the real need for financial literacy was a big part in achieving success. Um, <clears throat> the people that have money are always afforded the best opportunity for the lowest interest rates. 
They are afforded the opportunity to come in with no money down. And they're afforded the best business opportunities, too. So one of the things when I thought about what, what it is that you want to leave a legacy for, it, it started to crystallize that we need to leave a better financial legacy for our future generations. And, and, so, and so doing that, we have to strengthen our business community, and that's what led me to become interested in becoming um, involved with my local uh, Black Chamber of Commerce, which is in the Riverside, uh, in the Empire area. As a result of becoming a part of the, uh, the Chamber, I saw an opportunity to help strengthen our businesses by educating them about the importance of credit rating the importance of business planning, the importance of being able to do the, the paperwork in a proper fashion, because those are the areas that hang us up. We, okay. we either have um, issues with credit, or we have issues with our paperwork having being properly licensed, or we just don't know how to market our, our services and our goods in a proper fashion. We wanted to try to correct that and okay. bring some of the old school ideas of just doing business by word of mouth, but actually getting them up and running on the internet and actually doing a better job and marketing their goods and services. Okay, so what what role do you play? Like, um, there's a lot of things going on as we we're we're all very well aware of, and uh, uh, one of those the the main focus i think is that uh you know police brutality that's what we're looking at and and the unnecessary killing of 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 black youth now in terms of what it is that you're doing how do you see that as a means for uh helping that particular situation it sounds like it is no is not connected in any kind of way but indeed it is because one of our major problems is our economic illiteracy (laughs) you know and so if we if you being who you are and, and doing what you do how do you feel that folds in and can kind of like assist us in addressing this problem of of of, of uh, inequity between races um, that's a that's a good question I tell you one of the things that we we're doing as a chamber we, we see that there's a need for a holistic approach so you can't have an excellent business and then have a community that surrounds that business not have discretionary funds to be able to patronize that business. Absolutely. So if you don't look at the economics surrounding the business in that community, then you are doing, you're not doing a real uh, sufficient service. You're, doing an impact. You're, you're, you're not doing a great job simply because there's going to be that inequity, that, that, that financial inequity, which is at the heart when you dig down deep at the heart of a lot of the things that they that are saying that our community is guilty of, and that's uh, uh, being involved in criminal activity that leads to mass incarceration. So we feel that we could participate in a couple of ways, by providing them an opportunity to get a job that will give them a living wage. Okay. We, we know that we want our young men to be able to go out there and be able to provide for their families without having to have three or four jobs and at the same time be able to be able to sit down and know that they can provide for their family in a, a, a way that they don't have to supplement their income on a street hustle or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Now, again, the police brutality that's going on, and uh, it's a long um, track record of huh. the way they handle young black men. Right. And I think, I think that that's, that's a, a different area where we're going to 
maybe devise a different strategy to to attack by itself. Wow, man, that's 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 wonderful to hear. You know, and I and I so appreciate uh, your answering that question in the way you did because it's kind of like goes along with the with the point that I'm trying to make on this show in particular. That being that we have to have an understanding you know, of what's really going on, you know, and a lot of times we look at the situation itself and say, well, those are black kids doing this because they're this and because they're that. And we have no idea. We've never been in the mind of a black child. So we have no idea what's going on there. You, on the other hand, and myself have experienced this same type of thing. I mean, because I, I, I'm not even going to ask you. I'm just going to assume that you being a black man have at some point or another been dealt with by the police, you know, in an unfair way. You know, and and that's something I think that happens to all of us at one point of an, or another. You know, simply because of the mindset that that people have of who we are. And so that being said, I want to ask you, what is it about your life that you can relate to uh, uh, the black youth in our country and can can and uh, you know have empathy for what's happening to them and not because you you see it happening but because you know it happens because you have had some type of experience that points in that you in that direction so give us a little idea of what it is that it, that that has happened to you in your lifetime that makes you understand the plight of uh, of of our black youth today okay i i was born and raised and grew up in philadelphia oh, and, okay um, it, it, it's it's counted as the city of brotherly love, but actually it's the city of brotherly shove. Um, <laughs> I, I should tell you this, that it took me a while to unlearn some of the things that had been so so much engraved into my mind as coming up as a youngster in Philadelphia. I remember one incident in particular, um, about five or six of us were going to the skating ring, and um, a cop car pulled up. We had our skates over our shoulders, and we were not too far from the skate ring, and two of them hopped out in the car, lined all of us up against the wall, proceeded to pat us down, and then as they patted us down and couldn't find anything on us, then the other officers with them came by and kicked each of us in the rear end mm. and said, you know, okay, I know I didn't catch anything on you this time, but that's for the times that I didn't catch you. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So it still burns in my memory mm -hmm. for them to just pull us over like that and then you know, treat us like that and then send us on our way and it was like just a normal day at the office. Right, right. And that's so amazing, Peppy, because the fact of the matter is what that was back then was racial profiling and that word didn't even exist, you know, but we, we understand today in retrospect what that was and we do understand that it's continuing to happen today. And I'm just so you know just amazed at, at at how readily you address that situation because it, it it just for me anyway is just a a, a normal behavior for for uh people in those kinds of positions to just assume by virtue of the color of our skin that we fit into a certain pattern you know that we we, we you know that we can be categorized as 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 a, a problem you know and 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 when in reality we don't get an opportunity to to display our assets, you know, as readily as 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 we do, you know, the things that are that that are happening that depict us as as negative, a negative group of people, you know, and what you're doing in essence is addressing that that issue, you know, uh, allowing black 
people an opportunity to be a part of the economic uh, um, uh, things that are going on, the situations that are going on in this country to have access to goods and that kind of thing. And not only that, but continually, you know, changing your outlook on the situation so that you can address it in a better manner. And so with that, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you pretty much what is it that you see, you know, uh, in terms of our addressing the economic disparity that exists and 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 giving our people uh, an opportunity to know that a consciousness change, you know, a change in, in, in mindset that says we can do this as opposed to, you know, a lot of times, and I'm sure you've heard it as well from our youth, you know, there's no future for me. So why should I even try? So how are you addressing that that consciousness, that state of mind that says I'm not going to make it anyway, so why should I even try? Well, you know, um, that's a very good question, Calvin. And I, as far as <clears throat> I've been able to make some progress in those areas, is that I share with the youngsters by example. I have a chance that I get to bring them into um, our office and, and sit, let them sit down with me while I talk with other business owners about what their business are going to do. And I talk to them about, um, what we plan today is how our tomorrows turn out, uh-huh. and, and that um, it's a process. Now, one of the things is I talked with a gentleman from a, a, a major insurance company, and he was sharing with me that if we wanted to change, if we wanted to change our economic income, our economic standing in the country, then we could do it literally in one generation. Now, the way that he described it to me, because I was intrigued, I said, how is that possible? We got so many areas. We, we, don't, we don't have Fortune 500 companies. We don't have the big lending institutions. How can we change our tomorrow today in a big way in one generation? Okay. So he said to me that um, in one generation, if you had the proper life insurance, okay, mm-hmm. life insurance, that you could leave a legacy to your kid. Okay. Now, the thing is, is that you want to make sure that the kid is in the right frame of mind so that once he gets the money, he knows what to do. <laughs> exactly. Yes, is, is that you can have that conversation and say, hey, it's not a maybe, it's not an if, but someday you're going to have $250,000, $500,000, and you're going to have responsibility open this business up, and I want you to make sure you have the necessary my, the necessary education and right. skill set to take over this business. Wow. So it's not, it's not a major, it's a sure thing. But wow. it requires somebody to make sacrifice right now. Mm-hmm. So instead, mm-hmm. of having that, instead of having that $580 BMW payment, right. you get the $580 insurance policy that allows you for $800,000 benefit and then you know for sure that your kid is going to have this money tax-free one day. Right. Wow, man. That's that that that's something. I'm man. <laughs> you know, it's so refreshing for me to hear things of this nature because I know, you know, the 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 dire need for us as men to address that situation and to do what we can to demonstrate to our youth, you know, what what the future holds and 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 the opportunities that exist even though it doesn't look like opportunity. And I just want to applaud you right now, man, for for addressing that that issue because it's so so very important for our youth to understand it ain't it ain't bad 
It ain't bad. It looks that way. It's not right. It's not the way it should be. But we still have an opportunity to succeed. You know, and 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 another thing that I I, I want to bring out to the to the listening audience is the fact that this you know the, the this chamber of commerce you know is is not something that's just about uh uh black people. It 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 addresses the needs of black people. But the fact of the matter is, it's it's also addressing the 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 complications that ensue as a result of black people being held in a specific light that's that's uh that's dimly lit you know and you're you're allowing us to see that it's not dim you know it's very bright you know our future can be very bright but there's some things that have to be addressed and you're doing your part you know in addressing those things from this side of the fence you know what i mean and 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 it should and hopefully inspire others to do their part because this stuff you know definitely has has got to stop but you're definitely doing something about it and i and i so appreciate it something else that i wanted to point out was the fact that i recognize you know i was just looking at the television uh before i came here man and there was a a a commercial about covered california and i noticed when i i got a pamphlet from you or something that that showed that you were affiliated with them in some way give me an idea of or give us an idea of how what that affiliation is about sure sure absolutely we live in exciting times of Two very exciting things that I'm very proud to be a part of is one that I voted for one of the first black uh, African-American presidents of the United States. That's right. That's right. And secondly is that um, he was able to do something that a few other presidents weren't able to do, and that was to get a a national health plan approved. Okay. All the way through to the Supreme Court to, to get ratified but it finally got ratified and now for the first time in the history of the united states do we have a national health plan right right wow that's a lot that national health plan it was initially um introduced to congress as the patient protection affordable care act okay um thereafter they dubbed Obamacare as some sort of play, uh, some sort of implication in some negative way, but each state was responsible to enact some form of the affordable, the protection, the patient protection affordable care act, and, cover, and California was the one who initiated Cover California. Okay. Cover California was one of the first states to embrace this uh, the legislation and uh-huh. then led the nation in being able to implement this deal. Wow. Now, when it first rolled out last year, you you saw that it was a lot of news hoopla on the news about the the implementation didn't happen smoothly. But in reality, what it was is that there were 50 million people in the United States that were uninsured, most of them low to middle income people. Okay. And we took a big dent out of that. We, we, as the Chamber of Commerce, we saw the need right away and we wanted to be a part of that. So we, we, uh, we partnered with the state of California. We were the first African American Chamber of Commerce to get appointed through uh, the state of California to be able to get, to be able to sign people up. We signed up 1,600 families and individuals. Oh, my God. 1,500 families? Wow. Yes, sir. Yes, wow. sir. So, and that's making a difference. Right. I tell you, I, I can tell you story after story 
about people that, that had things that they were not quite sure was going wrong with them and when, was unable to go into the doctor. We got them signed up. They went into the doctor, found out that they were catching, uh, catching situations before they became so uh, severe that they weren't able to be re- reversed. Okay. I mean, we, we have some really great stories about what this uh, health plan, plan, some really great stories about what this uh, health plan, plan is doing for us. And we are very excited about being a part of them. So, yeah, we, we support Public California. Um, I will, uh, later on, in the, uh, later on, I want to give you a, a, a website if anybody's interested in uh, finding out more information about their own self and how, they can, how easy it is to get signed up for coverage. We are, we are encouraging everybody to get uh, signed up simply because it's means-based. So right. it's going to be affordable. We want to we want to do everything that we possibly can to make sure that we give them the best quality at the least amount of price. My man, my man. Let me just say this right now that this is Calvin and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and that you're listening right now to the Do You Know Show. And we have as a guest Peppy Jackson, who's president slash CEO of the Riverside County Black Chamber of Commerce. Peppy, why don't you give uh, give us that website so people get your pencils ready and, and take this down? Okay, it's going to be very easy. It's going to be you. Youqualify.org. <laughs> Is that Y-O-U? That's right, okay. Y-O-U. Youqualify.org. Oh, that's great. Youqualify.org. Thank you so much. Um, another thing, man, in terms of, uh, you know, because you're doing such a great job and, and, and we, uh, all all human beings on this planet, need the, the, the assistance and input and, and, and sharing of others. So if someone wanted to, to assist you in some way to give you some uh, input as to what they're doing and to affiliate perhaps their business with, with, with your organization, how would they go about that? What, what would that website be? Let me give that to you. That's www.riversidecounty, all spelled out, riversidecountybcc.org. Okay, okay. Wow. Uh, man, uh, I so <laughs> I so appreciate it, and 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 so grateful to to talk with you about this, man. And we definitely need some more time. I got an, another show coming. I mean, it should be starting now, but I just wanted to give you another opportunity, man, to share with us uh, some things that are that might be on your mind. And that being, what is it that you would say to the people who are listening in regard to the situation that we're faced with in this country in terms of uh 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 in inequity and 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 those types of things what can we as a as a group of people do to help you personally you know to address the issues that you're that you're dealing with right now and trying to resolve these these things i i think that uh calvin one of my uh one of my key my pet peeve things whenever i meet any anyone and they want to know how to get involved i say just get involved you know we need to know who our local representatives are we need to know who our mayor is. We need to know who our assemblymen are. We need to know who the district supervisors are. We need to know who the judges are. We need to know who the police commissioner commission are. We need to know who it is is running our community and how they relate to us. Wow. Yeah. And if they, if they don't have our best interests in, there, in, in, their, in their agenda, then we need to change them and get them out of there. 
Wow, my man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, Pepe, I I I think I mentioned to you before, man, that I I was reading a a, a book, and I saw in that book that uh, your name. Uh, is the name of a great African king. And uh, I just wanted to let you know, man, that you're carrying on that legacy. Well, I mean, you, you're a king you. among men, man. And, 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 and we really appreciate what you're doing and ask that you continue to do what you do, man, and continue Let's to be who on. you are. And, 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 and thanks so much. And, uh, and we're going to talk again. Did you have any last words for, for the audience? Um, my last words is just you got to stay up and stay prayed up. We're going to make this thing happen. My man, my man. Peppy, I'm going to talk to you later on, man. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good evening. Okay, you too. All right, bye. Okay, y'all, that was Peppy Jackson, and he's the CEO and president of an organization that I think you all should probably go online and take a look at, and it's called the Riverside County Black Chamber of Commerce. That's RCBCC. And you can access that information at www.riversidecountybcc.org. Y'all check it out and find out how this man is helping us to do what it is that we're all, I believe, trying to do. Uh, Y'all stay tuned because I'm going to be right back. Okay, um, this is the second half of the Do You Know show, and i just like to remind you guys and, and let those of you who are just tuning in know that this is Calvin and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You've accessed the Do You Know show, and we're bringing you bits of knowledge and information you might not have heard from people you might not know. One thing I must let you know, though, is that the views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. If you want to find out more about this show and other shows, please log on to KUCI.org. Okay, um, the Do You Know show. And um, I'm going to bring you some information that uh, you might not know about (laughs) through this blog that I write uh, every week. And... um, I want to share with you first off, and then after sharing it, we're going to kind of expound on what it is that I'm trying to share. Um, I uh, I do a blog every week, as I just said, and uh, you can access it by going to Time to Holler Back, and that's T-I-M-E-T-O-H-O-L-L-A-B-A-C-K, time to hollerback.blogspot.com. And... Um, This is um, the blog that I've written, and it's entitled um, Real Men, Where Y'all At? (laughs) And on this uh, blog, if you go to the website, I haven't posted it yet. I posted right after the um, after the show. But if you if you go to the blog, what you're going to see is a picture of a young lady and her husband and uh, the uh, caption underneath it or beside it is he's my rock. My Superman, after God, of course, he moves me. He loves me unconditionally, even when I don't deserve it. And that's by Latoya Flowers Simpson and it's to her husband, Ricky. Um, And I I, I looked at that picture on Facebook and I I contacted them and asked them if I could run it on my blog. They say that 
they be you know that they were okay with it and as a matter of fact rick said that he'd be honored for me to run that picture on his blog and also the caption and so uh i did and uh this is uh what i've written in regard to that it's been a minute that I've been intending to write something of this nature. And I just want to thank Latoya and Ricky for providing an example of what I want to talk about. My congrats to those of us like Ricky who are serious about being real men and are not necessarily trying to act in the way that we think other people say we should. Our everyday struggle to be real is influenced by the mores and values of a society that depicts manhood as a hard, independent, no-nonsense state of being. For too long, we have been afraid to display our emotions, admit our shortcomings, or give in to what we see as the demands of our significant other. And now, with the advent of an acceptable, open-gender society, we certainly don't want to seem gay. So strive we must, it seems, to be the man who might not be real, but is nevertheless the man we believe others want us to be. What you might ask is a real man. Well, let's start with what he is not. A real man is not fearful of being found out because most of his time is spent being honest with those around him and especially with himself. He is not concerned with how others see him because he is too busy trying to improve by giving more and expecting less. He is not displaying the fabricated images of who he wants us to think he can be but he's sharing his gifts with us so that we will know exactly who he is. A real man is not dressing and finessing for the express intent of pleasing others. He's doing it because that's how he rolls. What a real man is consists of responsibility and accountability, compassion and empathy. These traits are not predicated on what he's supposed to do, but are driven by the love he has for others. He takes care of his children because he wants to and not because his baby's mama is sweating him to do so. He discusses with rather than hollers at his significant other because he cherishes her input and support and is not overly concerned with her being submissive. A real man wants his loved ones to know where he's going so they don't have to be shocked when learning from another where he's been. A real man cares about how others feel and thereby directs his conversations and actions from the perspective of treating another in the way he would like to be treated. A real man does what he does without expectations because as Latoya asserts about her man, he loves me unconditionally, even when I don't deserve it. Is it easy being a real man? Hell to the gnaw. You see, when we interact with others, we have to deal with their issues in addition to our own and all at the same time. Then we are so prone to living from the bogus whims of outside influences and the incessant whippering of a damaged ego that we sometimes start acting like emotionally charged children rather than God-inspired men. Our conceptions of what a man is did not start when we reached 21, but began with our first exposure to misconstrued information and societal propaganda. A 12-year-old male approached me one time and asked me if I had ever killed a man. When I inquired as to why, he said with complete conviction, because you ain't a real man until you do. 
He'd never heard the real definition of manhood, y'all. And he lived in a media-charged society that promoted and glamorized violence. It's hard being a real man when all you have to work with is false information appearing real. But it's definitely doable if we have genuine examples at our disposal. It is my contention that we must become real if we aren't already because our future depends on showing our progeny what real men look like. There's a basic formula for acquiring and maintaining this real man status and it's simply doing our best to remain strong yet sensitive. Be strong in your conviction to be real by simply being sensitive and responsive to the needs of those around you. That's it. That's all, y'all. And Ricky and myself welcome you to the club of those of us who are giving it our best shot. I holla. Okay. Um, that kind of, you know, ties in with, with the, uh, uh, the first part of the show. And uh, we were talking about, Pepe and myself, about how important it is for us as, as, as black men especially to understand that we have an obligation to our, our, our boys, our young men, to display what it is to be a real man. You know, and there's something that I, I discussed with a, a group of people. We uh, had a phone conference about the situation that's happening all over the country. You know, it's something that just transpired in New York where, where another policeman got off. And, and the people are, of course, upset about that as well because he choked a, a young man to death. And uh, there's no repercussions for that type of action. And most people like myself feel that something needs to be done about it. But something that we were discussing in this conversation, I had this conference call and that was I felt that every black child should be male, especially should be told what it means to be confronted by a police officer and how to act accordingly in that situation. And this 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 blog here uh, kind of uh, touches on that in that we cannot become emotional. We cannot become emotional. You know, we have to understand that. The, 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 the situation calls for someone to have a level head, you know, and to be able to respond to whatever's being done to them or said to them in a manner that depicts, you know, real manhood. No matter if you're a child, if you're 16, 17, 18 years old, you know, the time comes at, a, you know, to a point where you have to display being a man. And uh, whenever we become emotional uh, as men, I'm not I'm not saying anything about it being wrong or that we shouldn't do it. But I think the time and the place should be discerned in terms of when and where and how we respond to situations that are uncomfortable. And that would be one of those situations when we put in a in a, in a uh, predicament in terms of our safety and in, 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 in indeed our life might be at stake. And so in, in saying that, I'm, I'm basically uh, talking about how important it is for all of us as men to look at a situation from that perspective and to deal with one another from that same perspective. And I'm talking to the police officers as well. You know, somebody has to act like a, a, a man. If you have a, a, a situation where a, a person is becoming emotional, you know, it's not necessary all the time to even pull out your gun. And if you do pull out your gun, I, I, I cannot understand how 
if if someone is charging me, be it a, a, a man or an elephant, how I can't stop that charge by hitting him in a in a, in a specific area that would cause that them to stop. And I'm talking about in the knee or both knees or whatever the case might be, because if you're shot in both your knees, you're not going to be able to come toward me at any anymore. And that type of uh, uh, thought process, I think, should be considered prior to looking at, you know, I got to stop this man in the only way that I know how. And so it's very important for me to get the point across that we as men have to look at things from that perspective, you know, learning when to express our emotions and when to express, you know, our 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 uh, um, intellect, you know, our, our thought process, you know. And so it's a it's a shame that we live, I think, anyway, in the type of society that talks about uh, manhood in terms of the media, you know, and I'm not talking just about newspapers and that kind of thing. I'm talking about the movies, television, uh, 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 newspaper ads, magazine ads, you know, and, and from the time I was a child, I'm going to tell you something. The reason that I started smoking cool cigarettes at 13 years of age was because my idol on the television at that time was Humphrey Bogart. You know, and if you don't know who Humphrey Bogart is, just let me just give you an, an, an idea. This was a, 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 a man, a, a, a hard man. You know, he didn't take no mess off nobody, you know. And, and when I saw him, I said, wow, that guy is tough. That's who I want to be like. And then I saw others like James Cagney, you know, Edward G. Robinson and people like that in the movie that they showed that they made were were gangster movies you know they most of the roles they played were gangsters and they had to be hard they had to slap women and that kind of thing you know and then as as i got a little older you know they started with the cowboy my 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 the guy i looked at was clint eastwood you know dirty harry and 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 as a cowboy you know the good the bad and ugly those kinds of things and that was what i was inundated with coming up you know that type of image of what a man is supposed to be and 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 i had the you know the fortune of a of of a of a of a father being in the home but his work schedule was such that we really didn't get an opportunity to talk you know and I found out uh, earlier on that I mean later on as a matter of fact after he he passed that his father didn't even live in the home with him you know so he had no idea no example of what it was to be a man and his father he had a car and on each tire of that car he had imprinted uh, I'm a rolling stone you know, and this we're talking about 19, what, 1935, 1940, something like that, you know, and he has three women in three states that he has babies by, you know. And so and so that that kind of legacy is what was passed down in my family, you know, directly in my family. And so we got we got men that are men, you know, but don't know how to express manhood to their child. So the only expression I see is the ones that I viewed on television or the ones I read about, you know, that kind of thing. And so now I'm, 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 I have a clear understanding of how important it is for us to display what it is that manhood looks like. Because the thing, uh, as far as I'm concerned, my father didn't talk to me much. We had very, very little conversation. But this man went to work every single day. And every time that he worked, he went to work, you know, and, and I thought he was a I thought he was a businessman because he always carried an, an attache case and always had a suit on. And I found out later on, you know, and I'm sharing this with you guys, this personal stuff, because it's so important, you know, that 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 he worked in, in a mail, you know, at, at the post office, you know, and he was throwing mail, you know, and 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 but but the image that he projected to me was that, you know, he was felt that, you know, he should display 
who he was and that was a man you know and and back in that day you know you could not go downtown at least i know this is in in black families i don't know about caucasian or any other kinds of families but back in the in the 50s and the 60s you could not go downtown unless you were properly dressed my mother would not let us out the house if we were going to the show whatever the case might be i could not go out the house without a hat and if i ever wore a suit with a tie i had to have a hat on not a cap but a hat you know my shoes had to be shining that kind of thing and that's what my father demonstrated and that's the type of guy i am today i love to dress <laughs> you know that's probably why that was in the block dressing and finessing you know and and it's for me you know and so that's just an, an, an idea of how we can get these types of uh, uh standards set in our little minds as as youth you know and they continue to 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 develop later on down the line as we continue to grow and so you have situations where you know you have a you have a a, a situation where there's an altercation and the only way you know how to respond is to use your fist or use your mouth or, or do something to degrade the person that you're talking to or to threaten the person that you're talking to you know when in reality um, what we need to do is understand that there's a time for that you know there's a time to laugh and a time to cry as the saying goes you know what I mean and I think that 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 the time to cry is when we're witnessing these situations that are happening all over the country, not just the country, but all over the world where people who are not empowered, you know, are being are being used and abused, you know, for the for the satisf satisfaction and gratification of someone else. You know what I mean? If you if you have the power, you know, to 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 take a person's life, you know, that's a lot of power. And if you have that power, it stands to reason that you should use that power in a manner that's conducive to the well-being of everybody involved. And like uh, I, you guys might have not been listening, but Pepe and myself in the earlier part of the show were talking about how important it is, you know, to understand that that's how we have to look at things. We have to look at things in, 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 in from a sense of being empowered and what to do with with that power that that we're given you know and so if you if you have someone who's in that situation and and he's being confronted by someone who is angry for whatever reason then he has to stop and think about what needs to be done and if you feel your life is being threatened as i said before all that's well and good but understand that you don't there's certain ways that you can stop that threat you know, that you can stop something from happening and it's not always killing somebody, you know. And so, you you know, we have a, a situation at hand where we're looking at the, the 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 situation in terms of race, you know, that 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 white cops killing black kids, you know, and indeed that's what it is, you know. But I think we have to look at something else, which is the consciousness of both parties and understand that there's a a. a a fear present and we can respond only in a way that we are accustomed to responding in and a lot of times we're influenced by the things that we've seen as youth and we respond in that way and i'm not saying that every cop that kills a black kid does it because they they they've seen other they've seen that uh done before or they've they grew up watching uh, uh violent movies or whatever the case might be but i am saying that it does have an influence you know, and I am saying that a lot of the things that we respond to are, are, are responded to through our emotions. We're mad, we're scared or whatever the case might be. And that's how we respond to that sense. You know, but if we can develop a consciousness that says to us that the way that I'm going to treat someone else is the way that I want to be treated, that whole interaction will change. 
that whole interaction would change. And that's and that's what I'm 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 pointing to now. I'm addressing all the men, you know, I'm addressing all the men that are listening and 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 addressing the women as well to help support your man in this endeavor. And that endeavor being to understand that a real man, a real man does not have to act out of out of an emotion. You know, a real man can decide and discern what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. If you just take that split second to remember who you are and how you've been empowered to do the things that you're enabled, that you've been given power to do, and that it shouldn't be taken lightly and it should not be abused, you know. And so uh, even, and, 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 you know, we hear all the time about, I, I heard a guy say one time, he said, I don't know why they're concerned about black I mean, white cops killing black kids because black kids are killing black kids. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, but by the same token, white kids are killing white kids as well. Why is killing taking place anyway? You know, Palestinian kids are killing Palestinian kids. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Jewish kids are killing Jewish kids. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's something that's happening. It might be to a greater degree in some circles, but it's happening all over the world. We're killing each other. Why? It makes no sense. So we need to be able to understand how important it is to um, address this issue from a perspective of being a real man, you know, because we are the ones, you know, that are setting the precedent for what's going to be what, what's going to continue to happen, you know, and it doesn't matter about your gender. You know, in terms of, of of your position, you know, because now we, we're looking at possibly having a, a female president for the first time. So gender is not important in terms of position, but gender is important in terms of the way that we have been empowered to do the things that we do. You know, and and and, and I'm saying that, you know, uh, being a man, I want to address the 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 the, the, the men, you know, and, and 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 let you know that I'm in favor of us addressing ourselves and addressing others from the perspective of I'm a real man and I feel you, you know, I protect you, you know, I understand you. And, 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 and with that being said, I just say to all of you, every man out there, you know, I, I, I welcome you to the club of those of us like myself and like Ricky, you know, who are trying our best to be real men. Uh, I'll holla. As I say always, and I want you guys to just stay tuned um, because John Kim is coming on and he's going to bring you the Zot Report. And what that Zot Report is, is basically sharing his knowledge and his insight on the sports that take place right here at UCI. So you guys stay tuned for John Kim from 530 to 6 p.m.